Thank you, Vinny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow, thank you, Vinny. That means a lot. Uh, I have a hard time remembering back that far. I'm that old, but uh, <laughs> um, that's, it's kind of crazy to think that uh, some of you guys weren't born. Like 1999, right? I mean, most of you were born, but just barely. Yeah. Okay, anyways, but <laughs> I'm, I'm very thankful and blessed uh, been able to be at North Central uh, for it's almost, almost eight years now. And very thankful for what uh, God foresaw in bringing me here because it definitely was not on my radar at all. Uh, if you ever, you realize that God likes to work this way, but he likes to take us out of our comfort zone. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed? Anybody noticed that? Um, you know, so I was in Nashville living for 17 years and uh, doing what I believe God called me to do at that time. And uh, then he changed the plan. Uh, of course, he probably had this in his plan the whole time, right? But uh, I didn't realize it. I did not know it. And I'm so thankful that he knows better than I do. Uh, can, can you agree with me on that? Like, I'm so thankful that he knows better than I do because I would not have uh, thought of even coming to North Central. I didn't even know that North Central existed, but he had it on his heart and he knew that when he showed it to me, it would be on my heart. And so it's been on my heart for the last eight years, uh, this amazing school. Uh, part of the reason I think it's an honor to be able to preach in chapel is because I just have such a heart. A lot of you guys know me, if you know me, you know me as a worship guy, uh, you know me that you know, I'm singing, I'm leading worship, all that stuff, and I'm very passionate about that. But honestly, more than that, I'm even more passionate about this next generation. And that's just truth. I mean, it's in my blood. My father still works for Youth for Christ, has been with Youth for Christ for 55, I think 56 years now. He's 77, and he still works part-time on behalf of the next generation. I think it's one of the greatest mandates there is for the body of Christ, is the poor, to transfer the things of God from this generation to the next. And it'll be the greatest mandate for you as well. It'll include discipleship. It'll include uh, evangelism, all those things, but transferring. So for me, I love music, love worship. Um, love the musical aspect of worship, but uh, more than anything, I love the body of Christ, and then specifically within that, pouring into this next generation. So that's why it's a blessing for me. Thank you, Dr. Graham, for allowing me to be able to preach today and inviting me to do that. Uh, I have a very specific sermon that I uh, felt like the Lord gave me. Uh, it's called Love Lines, and I thought a while about this title. Uh, <clears throat> But for me, what this is, is it's based on a misunderstanding, I think, that we have when it comes to God's guidelines, his laws, his regulations. He's got all these things. So many people see God as a God who's like a do's and don'ts, right? It's all we've got from God is all these do's and don'ts. But I've decided, I realized that God's been showing me that these guidelines, these laws, these regulations are actually his love lines to us. They're there to protect us, to keep us. It's really kind of crazy if you ask me because I, I feel like we have this whole society that's built on uh, a system that's built on rules and regulations that exist for everyone's mutual benefit. I mean, laws are all around us, right? I mean, we're not afraid of laws in the courtroom. We're not afraid of laws in the sports arena. We're not afraid of laws on the road or in the airport. Well, sometimes, but I mean, you know, for the most part, we're okay with these laws apart from taxes and speed limits, Right? But, uh, but I mean, there are laws all around us, but somehow we're much more apt to be okay with the laws of man than the laws of God, the creator of the universe. It's crazy to me. I mean, really, it's amazing that we battle so hard. I mean, they're everywhere. Every day you have laws and rules all around you, and we're okay with most of them. 
But when it comes to the creator of the universe, the one who made us, the one who breathed life into us, sometimes we're so incensed by his laws. I mean, think about it. Um, I know this would never happen to you, but what if you were driving down the road, right? And all of a sudden you got so angry at the double yellow lines down the middle of the road that you slammed on your brakes and you stopped in the middle of the road and you jumped out of your car and you went out there and said, you started just to curse the double yellow lines, right? I mean, you're just like, how dare you double yellow lines? How dare you come between me and where I want to go? Who do you think you are to tell me that I can't go from here to there? Do you think that you could tell me what to do? I mean, this is my life. It is my car. It is my time. Who do you think that you are to tell me I can't cross over? That's stupid, right? I mean, that's crazy, right? We would never do something like that. Yeah, I feel like we do that every day with the laws that God gives us. Who does he think he is to tell us? I mean, imagine for a minute if the, the, the double yellow lines could actually respond, right? What would they say? What would they say? Oh, oh man, I mean, I, I, bro, I mean, I, 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 didn't, I didn't really mean to offend you. I mean, like, seriously, I, I'm just trying to do my job, man. It's just a double yellow line. That's all I am. It's not my, I mean, I'm not trying to take away your freedom or restrict what you want to do. It's not what I'm trying to do. Really, I, in, fact, in fact, I would say if you want to, like, it's, it's totally okay with me. Like, you know, if you want to just go ahead and just cross over. Like, you know, it's, it's up to you. It's totally up to you. And you would say, of course it is. It is my life. I can do whatever I want to. I can cross over those double yellow lines anytime I want to. Oh, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Absolutely. I'm just here for your protection. It's okay, though. You do what you want. And, of course, we know what would happen if you chose to switch lanes. And I don't care. At some point, you're driving down the other side the wrong way. What's going to happen? I mean, you're going to have a head-on collision. It just is going to happen. Of course, we would never curse at the double yellow lines because we don't curse at North Central. Anyway, so, but, uh, <laughs> but this is something that we would never do, right? But yet, we're so enraged over God, the creator of our beings, the one who breathed life into our bodies, into our souls. We're so enraged, yet we got to understand, I'm hoping and when we were sitting there singing, show me your glory, it was like the Lord revealed to me. It wasn't just, he's like, my glory is not just like the lightning flashes that comes off of me. My glory is not just a fire in my eyes. That's pictured in Revelation and in Daniel. No, my glory is much more than that. In fact, my laws, my guidelines is part of my glory. So Lord, show us your glory, except for your laws and guidelines. <laughs> but this is part of who he is, and he loves us. These are actually not guidelines, they're love lines. Let's get into the scripture, right? Let's look at the, the biblical precedent for this. Psalm 19, 7 through 11 says this, the instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commands of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear. Really? <laughs> it seems so confusing sometimes, right? But there it is. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is, oh man, each one is fair. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They are more, I missed, missed the line, they are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. 
They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They are a warning to your servants and a great reward for those who obey them. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we just come before you and we humble ourselves before the God of the universe. And Lord, even right now, before the altar call or anything, we just repent for being our own master, thinking that we could possibly know better than the creator of the universe. I pray that you'd open our hearts to your word. Your word is true, it's pure, it's good, it's fair, it's right, it's beautiful, it's lovely. And so we thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you know me, uh, you know I like to bring pictures of my family, so you know, uh, just indulge me a little bit. And the reason that I have this picture, though, is because all this stuff that I'm teaching you today that I'm going to preach about, it really starts with these people right here. It starts with these people. And if, for, for professors and those of you who've been around for a little while, you've seen those, those little people grow up. In fact, when we came to North Central, we only had two little people. And now those little people are becoming big people, and we have two more little people, right? Uh, in fact, a couple of those people are actually here today. I know you guys hate this stuff, but it means a lot to me that you're here I know you hate this, but it means a lot to me because we're all about family, and it means a lot that you guys would take out. In fact, Roman and Evan, uh, Roman's a freshman in Lakeville North, and Evan is an eighth grader at Kenwood Trail, and they have the day off today because, like, teacher in-service deal, and, you know, I made them come. Uh, I mean, they wanted to come. I mean, <laughs> maybe it's a combination of both. I don't know, but, <laughs> but I'm so thankful you guys are here, and thank you, Martha, for being here as well and bringing them up here. Uh, 25 years. Come on now. Uh-huh. Just saying. <clears throat> You're like, dang, I thought he was 12 when he was in Sonic Flood. But no, actually, no, I wasn't. I was 30. Anyways, but, um, <laughs> but that's where this hall starts for me is with my family. We're working these things out at home because I want my kids to grow up. And I want to personally live and be to understand these truths that God's laws are desirable. They're sweet. They're beautiful. So let's look a little bit closer at these scriptures. <clears throat> Number one, God's laws are perfect, right? I mean, it doesn't take much. It's a big word, perfect. could get into all that. But to me, that just means that they, they don't need to be adjusted and they don't need to be modernized. There's so many times we talk about these antiquated laws and antiquated rules, right? But they're not that. They don't need to be adjusted. They're perfect, right? God, our maker, is good. These are things we're going to have to confess. Some of you are going to talk about, we're going to say these things uh, today at the altar time. We're going to confess these things out loud for our ears to hear that God is good. Just like other makers or designers, inventors, creators, he always knows what works best for the things that he creates, right? I mean, none of us are writing scathing letters to Henry Ford about, uh, you know, the fact that he's infringing upon our freedom by forcing us to put unleaded gasoline in our cars. I mean, right? Nobody's writing, dear Henry. Anyways, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> seriously, nobody's writing letters to Henry Ford, because he's dead, but uh, nobody's writing letters to Ford or Honda or any, Hyundai, any of these other companies saying, how dare you restrict my freedom by telling me to put on lead of gas in my car. What if I feel like, in fact, I do feel like putting Kool-Aid in my car. Like, hey, who are you to tell me what to do with my car? It is my car. I bought it with my hard-earned money. Why would you tell me that I can only put on lead of gas in my car? In fact, I might change my mind and put Coke in it the next day. I mean, what, you know, or I might even, okay, this makes a little more sense, but want to put diesel 
it's a little cheaper sometimes, you know, whatever. But it's stupid, right? That's crazy. We would never do that because we know that the maker of the cars, what? They're out to help us. They're not trying to hurt us. In fact, if they told us, you know, you should only put unleaded gas in your car. Why is that? Because it works best that way. And not only does it work best that way, but it won't work if you put Kool-Aid in it. I mean, I know this is simple, right? This is not that difficult. But these analogies, it helps to open our mind to understand the beauty of God's laws. I know that some of us question and struggle with some of the Old Testament laws. But don't forget that there are three things that happen when you take the Old Testament laws and you run them through the cross. Get this. I learned this from John Bevere. There are three things that, come, that happen when you take the Old Testament laws and you run them through the cross. All right, number one, the law is deleted. Take the law about Jews not being able to hang out with or eat with or fellowship with Gentiles. That was a law. Can't do it. Shouldn't do it. Definitely. But run it through the cross. Now that's okay. Hey, it's changed. Completely changed. Now, in fact, it's expected because there is no Jew or Gentile any longer. Right? We're not uh, actually Jews. We're, all, we're spiritual Jews. We become invited into the spiritual culture of becoming a Jew. So that, that long law never exists, no longer exists. What about the law? Another, number two would be uh, the law is adjusted, right? You run, you run some of the Old Testament laws through the cross and some of them are deleted and some of them are adjusted. Think about the law of murder, right? Old Testament, murder is murder. You kill somebody, it's murder. But then Jesus tells us in Matthew that it's changed. In fact, he upgrades it. He upgrades it to say, hey, listen, not only is murder murder, but if you hate your brother, that's also considered murder. So the, the law is adjusted now as it comes through the cross. And then there's some laws that are, that are kept, that are upheld, I should say. Super simple example of one that's a little bit controversial, right? Homosexuality, right? And we know that the, the Old Testament and the New Testament uphold that it's not okay to practice homosexuality. It's pretty clear, both Old and New Testament. So you have these three different issues. You have either laws are deleted when they come to the cross or laws are adjusted or laws are upheld. Number two, laws, God's laws are trustworthy. His love lines, his guidelines are trustworthy. That means when they are followed, they work. When they are followed, they work. They are inherently good and they point to the goodness of God. Think sports. I mean, we're not familiar. How many sports people in the room? Any sports people in the room? Come on. Let me hear you a little bit. I know. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> you know, sports people, you guys have rules, regulations, laws, all this stuff, right? In fact, that's what makes the game work. We got to know how to play, right? The, and the rules in sports are what? They're to keep us safe. They're there to organize the game. So kind of everybody knows what the goal is, what the, what the end goal is. And they're also there to give us the best possible experience, you know, I, I get it. I mean, there's definitely some frustration. Uh, we get, may get frustrated with some of the rules, but the games only work when all the players trust the game's creator by agreeing to play by the same rules. I know there's some, you know, I, I watched the Denver Broncos with the NFL, and there's always people, there's rules changing and all this stuff. But for the most part, everybody agrees on the rules. And it's helpful, and it helps us have the most fun and get the most out of the game, right? Number three, God's laws are clear, right, and fair. Taken from verses seven, eight, and nine. 
I mean, think about it. Every foundational law we ascribe to, modern or otherwise, originated from biblical patterns, biblical principles. We know them instinctively. Why is that? I mean, where do all the, the, the secular laws that we have in our, in our nations and around the world, most of these laws were originated from biblical principles. And why is that? Because God put them on our hearts. We all understand that to kill is wrong. But here's the issue, right? We're missing out a lot of times because we don't have discernment. I mean, you can look at any law or read any scripture and you can have different interpretations of that same scripture because lack of discernment. In fact, we can take any law and we can twist it to mean whatever we want it to mean based on our own theology. Instead of first saying, Lord, help me discern by your spirit what this is saying. That's what we gotta pray, right? If you want to understand the word, if you're misinterpreting it, it's because you don't have, you're not tapping into the discernment of the Holy Spirit. Without Holy Spirit discernment, God's laws can easily be twisted and made to mean whatever you want them to mean. Remember, too, that all good things can be twisted to be used for evil. Think, think of a tool, right? If I had an axe, could I do good things with an axe? Yeah, right? Could I do bad things with an axe? Right? Is the axe bad because I can do bad things with the axe? No. Think of all the things that we have in this world, the things, the good things that God has given us, the gifts that he's given us, they can all be used in improper ways. Could be money. Money's not bad, right? It's the love of money that's evil. Money's a tool. Music could be a tool. It could be used for evil. But it could also be used for good. And God designed it to be used for good. But when used improperly, just like his laws, and when, when misunderstood, when used improperly, it can be used for bad. Food, religion, sex, power, work, all these things that are intended to be good can all be used improperly. It's even a good question to ask. Is it possible for God to give us something good that could never be used for evil? To me, it's all about intended purpose. Before God's laws are pure and true. This gets into our emotions and our feelings. Think about this. Even if our feelings don't resonate with God's laws, we must remember that we don't live by feelings. We live by faith. Amen? Right? We don't live by our feelings, yet this generation, this world that we live in is driven by feelings. Well, I feel this about God's law, so therefore my feeling must trump God's law. But it doesn't, because we live by faith, not by feelings. This could be a little bit touchy, but it's not for me. I have a friend that I've been walking with the last year, very specifically talking at least once a week. And he had confided with me in brokenness that he had been dealing with, and this is somebody that's not this cool, this is way outside of state, just a friend of mine, longtime friend, confided with me that he'd been having traction, same-sex attraction, been struggling. And it, ha- it keeps coming back to his feelings. It keeps coming back to those strong urges. How could these natural urges that I have be wrong? Well, don't we all have natural urges that are wrong? 
We all do. I do. And I can say, you know what? My natural urge to, and you fill in the blank, is right because it's natural. Or I can say, you know what? God has called me to surrender, to submit, to die to self, to throw off my old sinful nature. It's what the Bible tells us in Ephesians. And to put on God's new nature according to his word, according to his principles. Why? Because his principles are so mean and they're so harsh. No, because they're love lines. They're not meant to hurt. They're meant to help. Being frustrated with the issue of homosexuality is the same as being frustrated with the double yellow lines. Do you see that? Does that make sense? It's ridiculous to be frustrated with the highway patrol people or whoever makes those lines because they're there, because those lines are there for a purpose. They're there to help us to get where we're supposed to go and to keep us safe. Sadly, we see God as a killjoy when actually he is the true source of all joy. How is it that we can imagine that God is harsh and cruel when he is the one who loved us unconditionally, right when we were in the midst of our greatest sin, he sent his son Jesus to die for us. How can we think that he is cruel and harsh? He loves us in the midst of our greatest insanity against him, our greatest rebellion against him. He loved us. Number five, God's laws are desirable more so than gold, more so than the sweetest tree. Anybody like to eat? <laughs> Anybody like to eat? I like to eat, man. I mean, I'm into Ben and Jerry's ice cream. That's my favorite ice. That's my favorite dessert. You know, I can list it off, boom, chocolate. I mean, you know, that stuff is so good. <laughs> like, that's got to be a sin. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. Anybody else like Ben and Jerry's ice cream? Anybody? That's probably too expensive on a college budget. I know. But you can eat a spoonful a night and it'll be all right. You know, it can last a really long time, right? <laughs> Come on. That's what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> Only problem is once you eat that first spoonful, the whole pint is gone. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh, man, that peanut butter core. Anyways, um, I digress. Woo. <laughs> ah, Yeah. <laughs> God's laws are desirable more so, and I say this by faith, more so than Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I say it by faith. It's true though, right? The sweetest things on earth. Many people believe that God's laws restrict our freedom when the truth is they actually outline the great freedom that he offers us. Have you ever heard anybody call the Ten Commandments the Ten Freedoms? I've heard people preach on that. It's not the Ten Commandments, it's the Ten Freedoms. It helps you, those, those commandments help us understand what is good and what is right. It's not so much about what you shouldn't do, it's what you should do, right? The Bible's all about love God and love people. We don't not kill people because it's wrong, it's because it's not love. We love. Anybody a fan of love? Anybody, all right? I know this generation's a fan of love, right? I mean, so if we're a fan of love, why is it such a big deal to understand that these laws are made to help us love. They're not made to restrict. They're love lines. I love this cartoon. I think this sums up the whole message right here. <clears throat> All right, that guy says, I hate being confined by this fence. I'm jumping over it. The other guy's like, wait, it's not a fence. It's a guardrail. 
We see, we, see, we see God's laws as fences keeping us in, corralling us. How dare God try to keep us in this box? He's like, look, man, there's cliffs over there. I ain't trying to keep you inside a box. I'm trying to keep you on the planet, you know, instead of over the cliff. The laws and commandments that he has for us are good. Because somebody say amen. Are you starting to get this? I mean, this is important. This is important for us to understand. It's important for us to confess these things because it does go contrary to our feelings. Nobody likes to be told what to do. I don't like to be. Ooh, that's cool. Fall off. All right, cool, cool. I can yell really loud. All right, we're good. Good or, yeah. All right, cool. Love these things. <laughs> oh, there we go. All right. Number, number six, when obeyed. This is a blessing, right? See, God doesn't leave us without good things. That scripture is clear in Psalm 119. God's laws come with great reward when they're obeyed, right? The scripture highlights a few things. Of course, there's many other rewards, but I just was wondering if there's anybody that would say, you know, I feel numb toward the Lord. Or, or somebody that might say, you know, I feel like I'm lacking wisdom. I feel like I don't have any joy. I don't think I've seen that in this generation. No, it's actually a huge thing in this generation, right? Depression, sadness, sorrow. We're engulfed by these things. What about you don't seem to know where to turn in life? Do you see what the benefits are of obedience to the laws of God? It revives the soul. Are you feeling numb? Are you feeling blah? Guess what? When you walk in obedience, it revives your soul. That's good news. Is that good news? I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I mean, I think it's good news. I think it is. Uh, it makes wise the simple. If you don't have wisdom, if you lack wisdom, if you will walk in obedience, you will receive wisdom. It's like when you walk in obedience, you turn on your soul to receive the good things and the understanding of God. But when you walk in disobedience against God's laws, in rebellion, you are turning off your ability to understand wisdom. What about joy? Simple right there. Obedience brings joy to the heart. I'm just taking all these out of the scripture that I read to you at the beginning. Psalm 119, 7 through 11. Go back and study it. Go back and look. It says it gives insight for living. You don't know where to go in life. You don't know what, why you chose the major that you chose. You changed your major like 15 times already. <laughs> Maybe you say, Lord, I, I just need to obey you. Instead of jumping here and there and following what everyone else is saying or trying to figure it out based on what other people are doing, I just want to know what you say, Lord. Ultimately, obedience keeps us in eternal fellowship with our maker. Think about this. I'll give you one more little analogy. How many of you have ever owned a hairdryer? As you can imagine, I don't use one regularly. Yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> but if you've owned a hairdryer, you know one thing about every hairdryer. What's that little white tag on the, the cord as it runs down, right? You know what I'm talking about? That big old tag that's on there. What's that say? Do not put this in the bathtub. Now, I don't know why. I mean, people try to save time, or I don't know what's happening there, but, <laughs> um, you know, do not put this in the bathtub now, or in water, I guess is really. But it's like, I don't know why. Can you imagine? Somebody's like, 
I don't know who these people think they are, but if I want to put the hair dryer in the bathtub, I will put the hair dryer in the bathtub because I am my own person and I can live any way I want to. <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous, right? I can do whatever I want to do. Now, my question is, see, when, when you talk about this analogy, a lot of times the question can, can arise, well, why is God punishing so many people for disobeying? Let me ask you a question. Is the guy who made the hairdryer punishing the person who puts the hairdryer in the bathtub, or is the person who puts the hairdryer in the bathtub punishing themselves? I mean, the instruction is clear, right? So we can't, now in our culture today, we probably would sue McDonald's for making the coffee too hot, but that, that shows my age there. But, um, but, but we probably would say, we probably would try to come after the hairdryer company. Well, it should work in the bathtub. You know, I don't know, but, um, but it doesn't. And it was very clear. So who's hurting who? If someone decides that they're going to break God's laws, and then blames it on God because their life is messed up. That just doesn't make any sense. It's the same as blaming it on the guy who made the hairdryer. The hairdryer works best when it's dry. Amen? Amen? We don't want to put it, just in case some of you were confused about that, just be careful with those things, all right? Guys, we got to humble ourselves. This is really what this is all about. At the end of the day, we don't like to be told what to do, do we? Yet, again, as I mentioned there earlier, we are told what to do every day. There are laws about everything. You have a syllabus, don't you? <laughs> there, there are due dates and don't dates. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Our God is good. He is good. And he's true. Now, listen, we are going to take a couple more minutes here. I know it's 11.50. So if you have to go, no problem. But we're going to take a few minutes because I think there are some of us in this room that need to say, you know what, Lord, I have rebelled or I've been pushing against what you've been saying. Or maybe I know somebody who's really been struggling in this area. And now I've been rebirthed in my ability to talk through this with them. But you want to begin to pray and begin to humble yourself and begin to say, you know what, God, I'm going to repeat it out of my mouth. I'm going to say again, you are good. You are good, Lord. Stand with me for a minute. We got we to gotta set it straight once and for all. God's guidelines are good. He loves us. He is with us. He's not trying to make our life hard. He's actually trying to do the opposite. We are constantly trying to make our own lives more difficult by disobeying the rules of the product. He knows what's best for us. Can someone say amen? amen? He knows what's best for us. Maybe you found yourself angry with God or with the church, right? Or you've seen God's laws as restrictive rather than freeing. Remember, being told to, you can only put unleaded gas in your car is not restrictive. It's freeing because you don't have to worry about figuring out how it works best. It's right there in black and white. You don't have to go, well, I don't know. What should I put in here? It's clear. Just do this. Your car will work. And God is saying, 
Your life will work best if you do this and this and this. And we'll do it together. It's not odd that there are rules about, being, about living life. They're all around us and every day. So I'm going to open up these altars. The band is going to sing. We're just going to declare that he is good in our life. If you want to come and pray, I encourage you right now, as they begin to sing, let's just begin to pray. I'm going to walk around and pray over some people too. Remember that we have prayer and fasting today as well. So I would encourage you to use that time to pray, to seek the Lord, maybe about this topic or some other topic. Get prayer. We'll have people here praying with, with you as well. So as they begin to sing, will you come?